0: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit amen last week in Advent 1 we heard Jesus describing his second coming as a sudden turbulent event that will bring about deep change in our normal day-to-day lives and he urged us to stay awake be aware and wait expectantly because he will come unannounced this week we're told to do more than just watch. We are given the message that we should also prepare. Throughout the Bible, we hear of God's messengers providing warnings and instructions to his chosen people, first the Jews and now to us. We hear of archangels as messengers, such as Gabriel, whose name means God is my strength, who not only delivers God's message to Mary and Joseph, but also performs acts of justice and power. And Michael, whose name is a rhetorical question, who is like God, which calls for the answer, there is none like God. He is the leader of God's angel armies in the spiritual battles with the devil. And Raphael, whose name means God heals, and who carries prayers to God for his healing power and throughout the Bible God also spoke through prophets such as Moses Malachi and Isaiah who we heard from in our readings earlier but today we hear of John John the Baptist as the messenger who's preparing the way for Jesus the Son of God the Word made flesh our Saviour and Messiah. This was a time when the Jews considered themselves to be God's chosen nation due to their lineage back to Abraham. And in John's time, there had not been a prophet for more than 400 years, and Israel's fortunes had declined. The temple had been desecrated by the Greeks, the Maccabees, as had organised a rebellion and won back the city of Jerusalem. But then the Romans had come along and defeated them once again. They were now a subject nation, wondering whether God was still with them or whether it even speak to them again. Although they thought God had forsaken them, they lived in hope. And John's preaching brought many out into the wilderness. It's been a long time since the Jewish people had seen a prophet and they wondered if John might just be the leader they had been waiting for. The start of our Gospel passage today focuses on John the Baptist as a messenger in the wilderness who preached a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins but more importantly introduces Jesus what an incredibly important message but why would John go into the wilderness to proclaim this message why not go into the city where all the people lived well this wilderness of Judea has special meaning for the Jewish people as it is the birthplace of Israel as a nation and is a holy place in not only its history but also in its oral and written traditions john's location in the wilderness identifies him not only with jewish history but also links him to the old testament prophets and there'd been no prophet in israel for four centuries and so the people are anxious to hear a prophet and they flock to hear john just as they will later flock to hear jesus when john starts calling the people to repentance in preparation for the coming of the kingdom of heaven, urging them to confess their sins, repent, and be baptized, he must have been surprised to see both Pharisees and Sadducees coming along to participate. And he must have been surprised to see them together, as they represented very different viewpoints. And were not the best of friends. The Pharisees were a Jewish sect known for their strict observance of oral tradition and written law, and often made it known they felt their sanctity was superior to all others. The Sadducees, also a Jewish sect, made it known they accepted only the written law, and they denied the resurrection of the dead, the existence of spirits and they denied oral tradition. They were wealthy, upper class, involved in the priesthood, and as members of the Sanhedrin, they collaborated with the Romans. Now John obviously does not think their motives for attending are repentance and baptism. And it is likely they only came to hear John the Baptist to find a reason to persecute him So he says to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? The one thing the Pharisees and Sadducees had in common was that although they were Israel's religious leaders, their hearts had grown hard. Their lives did not reflect God's will, and they needed to repent from their pride. John warns them that their heritage from Abraham will not save them. And he tells them that if they do not change, they will be like an unfruitful tree on which God's axe will swing. They'll be cut down and thrown into the fire. He tells them that their salvation depends on being like trees which produce good fruits. As identified in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and control. All attributes that they do not have. But he also gives them hope this is a way to rebuild their relationship with God. But repentance was required to escape this judgment. John wants them and all his followers to understand the reality of their situation and to prepare for the coming of jesus through confessing their sins being baptized and repenting he also wants to make sure their focus is turned away from him to the one who is coming he says after me comes he who is mightier than i whose sandals i am not worthy to carry Now, in those days, carrying someone else's sandals was considered so menial that even Jewish slaves were exempt from such duty. Only Gentile slaves were required to perform such a service. So when John says that he's unworthy to carry Jesus' sandals, he's saying that the spiritual and social distance between him and Jesus is greater than that between a slave and a master. The point is not that John is insignificant, but Jesus' importance is overwhelming. And to make the point that his baptism is just the beginning, he points out that he baptizes with water for repentance, but Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. A gift that he gives at Pentecost. And for us today, John is still calling us to repent and to prepare for the coming of our Lord. This is a wake up call to abandon sinful ways, change direction, and return to God. It's a new way of thinking. And when we learn a new and better way of thinking, we naturally respond by changing our behaviour to match it. And it has to start within each of us. We cannot change the minds and hearts of others until we change our own mind and hearts. So what can we do to prepare the way for the Lord right now? Well, we need to listen to and act on John's teaching. We need to examine our souls Recognize and confess our sins, and then we need to repent. Now, this repentance that's expected of us is sometimes a confusing concept, and many think it's the same as feeling remorse for sinful things that they've done. And while remorse may lead to repentance, it's not the same thing. Repentance is to feel remorse for our sins then turn away from those sins and dedicate ourselves to the amendment of our lives. But that's not all that's needed for repentance to be complete. As well as a change of mind, we also need a change of behaviour, changing our attitude and changing the way that we treat others. So in these Advent readings, we are reminded of both Christ's birth over 2,000 years ago and we're being called to prepare for his second coming. This time of both remembrance and looking forward includes a time to prepare our hearts and minds to receive him. John called upon the first followers and now he calls upon us to be honest with ourselves to step back from our daily routines and prepare to receive the one who would redeem us from our sin and offer us a new life. As Christians, our calling during this Advent period is to both watch and prepare for the one who is mightier than us, whose sandals we are not worthy to carry. Amen.